Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Ford Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lee Wise. We're wrapping up our visit here at the ISM 2016 Annual Conference. It's been a terrific conference, and we have two gentlemen joining, Lou and I, who have just given their presentation as they wrapped up uh, ISM 2016. Brad Holcomb, who's committee chair of the ISM's Manufacturing Report on Business, and Tony Nieves, who's committee chair of the Non-Manufacturing Report on Business. And they're giving us their... Uh, update, which is the semi-annual economic forecast update. They originally did it in December. This is the May update in the spring of 2016. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's always good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Brad, why don't we start with you and uh, give us kind of a, a read of what's happening in manufacturing in this update. Yeah, good. First of all, it's been an exciting conference uh, as usual. It seems to be getting better and better here in Indianapolis with some great uh, keynote speakers and training programs and opportunity to meet colleagues. So uh, it's a fabulous way to uh, to do all of that. And uh, it's a fabulous time for us to update our forecast, which, uh, as you mentioned, we initially released in December uh, last year uh, to look forward to, to this year. And I think, as everybody knows or feels, uh, things got off to a slower start than we anticipated. And uh, today, we'll update everyone on how our panels feel about uh, the remainder of 2016 and 2016 uh, in its entirety in, in several different dimensions, uh, with the usual discussion of revenue, capital expenditures, prices, employment. Uh, and also, we asked our panels three special questions uh, that we'll get into in just a few minutes. From a manufacturing standpoint, um, let me uh, kick things off by giving some numbers. And we tried to do this um, <clears throat> in respect of uh, previous forecasts and the previous uh, actuals from last year. So I'll talk in terms of 2015 results reported in December for the year behind us, okay. and then the initial forecast for 2016, which we did, as we said, in December of 2015, and now our April uh, forecast uh, update for the remainder of the year and year in total. So let's start with... Um, a discussion about uh, revenue actuals and expectations. So as you all know, on the manufacturing side, we have about 350 panelists covering 18 different manufacturing sectors, and we have those folks uh, forecast, in this case, what they feel um, is, uh, is the expectation with regard to revenue. Um, again, in 2015, the actual in that dimension was a plus 1.4%, rather modest, for the close of 2015. So keep that reference point in mind. Only 1.4% revenue increase in 2015. The initial forecast for 2016 from last December was a revenue increase of 4.1%, 
pretty healthy with respect to the actual in 2015, but now our update is uh, reduced to a plus 2.8 percent for uh, for the whole of 2016. So 2.8 percent uh, down from the initial forecast, but twice as much as the actual from 2015. So there's kind of some good news and bad news uh, in there. Now let's talk about capital expenditures. Uh, the actual reported in 2015 for that year was a positive 8.3%, a pretty respectable spend on capital expenditures, all things considered. Uh, the initial forecast for 2016 was plus 1%. Again, very modest with respect to last year's results. And the update is the same. 1%. So that hasn't changed relative to our initial forecast. Uh, we can still anticipate that that will change as time goes on if manufacturing continues to do well. And we're on a track now of two months in a row above 50% following several months of uh, below 50%. If we continue that plus experience, then the CFOs are, are likely to open up the first springs and that capital expenditure number could end up higher than 1%, which is currently predicted. The next dimension is prices of raw materials and, and inputs. Uh, last year, 2015, prices actually declined on whole, on average, minus 2.6%. Uh, we had been following about a year and a half of depressed, uh, even depressed, deflationary prices with respect to raw materials and that showed up in, in uh, the actual tally from last year minus 2.6 percent. Now as we go into and complete 2016 the expectation uh, the initial forecast was plus 5 percent for prices and the current forecast is plus 0.6 percent. So about on par with uh, the first forecast and so that's going to be you know very very modest keep that low price increase in mind as we talk about all of the dimensions to try and get a sense of the, the health of manufacturing for the year okay uh, finally um, and I'll kick it over to my colleague Tony uh, in just a moment on the employment side uh, we're pretty flat, um, or even, I should say, across the board from 2015 actual experience for that year of minus 2% employment. Um, employment in the first forecast for 2016 up 0.2%, and currently the new forecast, uh, which is a prediction for the May to December time frame, is 0.0. Uh, so. Mm -hmm flat or steady as she goes, but let's keep in mind that we've got fairly strong levels of employment already, I think with 5% across the country right. uh, as the general statistic. So we're holding firm, if you will, uh, at 0, 0.0 for the balance of the year. And with that, I'll turn it over to my colleague, Tony Nieves. Thank you, Fred. When you look at the non-manufacturing sector, 
And revenue, uh, starting with the same uh, sequence of uh, indexes, revenue was at 2.7%. That's what was reported in December of 2015. And the initial forecast for 2016 is slightly above that, uh, was slightly above that at 3.2%. And then we saw with the updated forecast, they came in at 2.4%. Many factors uh, contributing to that, mostly uh, consumer confidence. We've seen a lot lately uh, uh, written about what's going on in the retail industry and some of the other various industries that comprise this sector. So the revenue is just a little bit um, below what they initially thought, and including the updated forecast. Now, on the other hand, when you look at capital expenditures and uh, the initial uh, results reported in 2015, the results actually were 2.6% on capital expenditures. And there was a forecast of very robust 7.5%. And 7.5% is typically above the norm, as you see most companies have typically in service and non-manufacturing dedicate around that 3% of total revenue to what they would consider capital expenditures. And with revenue being soft, it was a surprise to see the CapEx forecast at a 7.5%. Now when you look at it, they're updating that, and they've only come off a bit to 6.2%, so they're still feeling confident. So even though consumer confidence looks like it's waned, I think on the commercial side with the respective businesses, whenever you see capital reinvestment like that, uh, that bodes for what they feel is in the pipeline and what their confidence levels are for the uh, respective uh, industries that comprise the non-manufacturing sector. When you look at prices, Prices have always been uh, pretty tight in non-manufacturing. There hasn't been a lot of pricing power across the board. Uh, where we've seen most price increases have been attributed to petroleum, petroleum-based products, uh, certain food commodity areas. So the initial results were a 0.4%. Many strategic cost containment uh, strategies were in place, as was uh, communicated by our respondents. And that translated to what the initial forecast at 2016 is a 1.5% increase for prices. The updated forecast is now where they uh, think that there will only be a 0.9% increase across the board for prices. Now we get to the employment picture. Employment for non-manufacturing is key. Um, this is a very labor-intensive sector. As employment goes, that's how I feel this particular sector goes, and that's um, bringing jobs back online. Companies have moved into doing more with less over time. As we see, the initial reported results for 2015 were 0.7% increase, very soft. We stayed above the baseline of 50 uh, all across the board in 2015. As we move to 2016, the initial forecast is a 1.7%. We actually had a few months of contraction for employment in non-manufacturing. But overall, it has waned uh, that storm and it stayed above the baseline of 50. The forecast is a very modest 0.7%, uh, so they're still kind of staying flat along the lines of uh, bringing jobs back on board for, uh, for the respective companies and industries that comprise the sector. So with that, I'll turn it back over to Brad. Good. I think both Tony and I have painted a picture here of... Um, if you can kind of read between the, the, the dialogue and the lines, a bit of a softer, particularly on the manufacturing side, a softer first quarter, first four months of the year. Um, but if you've uh, been following the monthly reports, uh, the last two months have been above 50. 
and we, we believe will continue in that vein. Uh, these numbers and predictions suggest that that's true, and of course we'll summarize at the end of our discussion today. Now I'd like to turn to the three special questions that we asked our panel. Okay, good. Uh, very similar and, and following up on questions that we asked uh, last time around about, number one, the um, impact of the U.S. dollar, the high price of the U.S. dollar overseas, how has mm -hmm. that affected us net-net? Um, the price of, of oil and related commodities was the second question. And then the third question is actually uh, the combination of the two and how that impacted uh, prof uh, profitability within our companies. So first, uh, the question is about, you know, for 2016, the impact uh, of the strength of the U.S. dollar uh, on demand for an organization's product or services in manufacturing, uh, I'll start on the negative side. Uh, those panelists uh, that say the impact was negative to their overall organization, 32.3%. So about a third of the respondents said it had a negative impact uh, on our organization. Um, negligible uh, as an answer showed up 35.9%. So a little bit more than negative is negligible. Um, virtually no impact, no discernible impact. Mm -hmm. And then moving around uh, my, my, my wheel here, the positives were 16.1%. In other words, the U.S. dollar was actually a positive. And I, I talk uh, each month about, you know, our exports of finished good materials cost more when the price of the dollar is up. Right. But on the other hand, the cost of imports of raw materials is lower. So there is a net-net to be considered. And so uh, positives at 16.1%, unsure at 15.7%. So sort of a summary of this is, you know, more negligible positive than negative net-net uh, in, in regards to uh, the impact of the U.S. dollar. Okay. Uh, I think one uh, perhaps surprise to some people is that if you're an exporter of finished goods, uh, that aspect was negative, but net-net to our organizations, really not so negative. Okay. okay. Tony? Well, when you look at this from the perspective of non-manufacturing, the question I'm always posed is, uh, you know, what actually uh, – is impacted with the U.S. dollar and how does it relate to exports and whatnot. And what we see in the non-manufacturing sector is the whole uh, arena of knowledge management, which includes things such as technology and consulting and management of companies. And so those are not so much commodities uh, as we know it as a, as a tangible good. However, uh, and there is more latitude in pricing those type of engagements. So the dollar is not so much of a uh, you know, of a, a component when, when these companies are factoring that in. So with that said, when we asked our respondents how they uh, reacted to this question when it was posed to them, they said that negative it was 12.6% impact on their uh, respective organizations. The negligible was 44.5. Unsure was 29.3. And positive was 13.6. So it's kind of 
falls similar in line to what manufacturing has in, in their results, except a little bit less on the uh, percentages. So uh, overall, um, it doesn't look like the, the dollar in the aggregate uh, had that much of an effect on the uh, non-manufacturing sector. Okay, Brad, we've been talking uh, with you every month, and uh, oil prices certainly is one of those issues, and that was your second special question. Exactly. Uh, so the question is, what is the net impact of the depressed prices of oil and related commodities for your organization's uh, profits? And as we've talked on a month-to-month -month basis, and uh, we alluded to earlier in this conversation that uh, there was a period of about a year and a half where we saw reduced uh, prices of, of commodities and, and raw materials and inputs to manufacturing. That virtually all related to the price of oil. And uh, we've talked about the pluses and minuses of that. Mm -hmm. uh, for manufacturing, there's generally been, except for one industry, of course, a positive impact in that it presents lower cost of raw materials and it's cheaper to run our plants. Right. Um, and I've felt and I've said along the way that kind of in the short term, and that's a little bit subjective, uh, that's good, but nobody wants to be talking about recessionary prices in the long term. So perhaps we've turned the corner here in the last couple of months. Uh, but in any case, now we're simply asking what is the net impact of depressed oil prices and related commodities for your organization? Sort of with that perspective, I'll, I'll give, give the answers here. Right. Um, first of all, uh, those that felt the, the, the impact was negative was only 21.4%, uh, negligible 20.5%, so almost the same as negligible, a positive impact uh, for the reasons that I just mentioned. 46.4% and unsure only 11.6%. So on the whole, very much not negative mm -hmm. um, in the short term because of those benefits, and we'll talk more about that. Um, and with that, I'll turn it over to Tony. So when you look at it from the non-manufacturing perspective, Brad had mentioned there was one industry that, that particularly didn't benefit from this, and, and for non-manufacturing, it was mining. Uh, we've seen that mining, uh, anything to do with gas and exploration, it really impacted their top-line revenues and subsequently affected their uh, capital reinvestment. So we saw that in the uh, capital expenditures uh, uh, forecast as well. But when you look at overall, uh, what it did for non-manufacturing companies, which are very reliant on overland trucking, is also the whole distribution channel, uh, wholesale piece in there, which is very much uh, contingent upon what goes on in fuel and fuel costs, which make up total cost of ownership for products and services. And we see that because of these cost savings that they realized from lower fuel prices, it also impacted them positively when it was uh, uh, for about you know the capital expenditures that we saw uh, previously in those slides in, in regards to the forecast. So looking at the uh, pie chart here, uh, and what it tells us is that negligible, it was 29.8%, 13.1% was negative, and 11% was unsure. Uh, the big portion of the pie is positive at 46.1%.
And you've got a lot of retail in your sector, and they're moving the goods and services across country, so that's probably why it's positive for them. Absolutely. It's retail. Um, it's, it's just about anything involved with, um, um, you know, the remote dispersed locations that you see, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, hotel and, uh, you know, the accommodations and food service arena, multiple restaurants, uh, chains like that. Any of the chain operators are moving their goods and services like uh, via uh, fuel-reliant um, uh, trucking and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So far, we're, we're seeing very similar numbers. Would you agree with that? Pretty similar on the whole. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, in the yeah. aggregate for sure. It's right. And nothing here that's uh, going off a cliff. It seems to be very stable, moving uh, in a fairly positive direction so far. Uh, yes. Um, now let let us sort of combine these two things okay. and, and talk about um, the combined impact of the strength of the U.S. dollar and the depressed uh, prices of oil and related commodities. Uh, on business uh, uh, profitability. Uh, from a manufacturing perspective, the negatives were 27.6, a uh, bit less than a third, negligible 22.2, positive 38.3, and unsure 16.4. So again, on whole net net not negative, let me put it that way, mm -hmm. leaning towards positive or unsure. Uh, in that era that we're, uh, we're coming through right now and maybe coming out of. So this, uh, uh, this story is going to be dynamic as the price of the dollar uh, attenuates uh, mm -hmm. to some degree, which I think is the short-term trend that we're on, and also the, the fact that the oil complex seems to be stabilizing, uh, increasing to stabilizing a little bit, and as I mentioned in the manufacturing report, we talked about two consecutive months of price increase. Right. So this is going to be something that's dynamic. Um, but once again, I'll say that you know over an 18-month period, uh, reduced prices of commodities was was beneficial for manufacturing. Uh, longer term, I don't think you know reduced prices are beneficial in the long term to the economy. We may be at a point where we turn the corner. If that makes sense, Tony, what does it look like in non-manufacturing? Well, in non-manufacturing, not quite the same numbers, but they do parallel uh, one another in the sense uh, negligible came in at thirty-seven point nine. Uh, the negative was a smaller percentage at thirteen point seven. Uh, the unsure was eighteen point four percent. Uh, the positive was 30 percent. Uh, so when I'm looking at this um, and you combine, uh, you know, the unsure, the negligible, and, and then you look at the negative versus the positive, uh, it was definitely uh, beneficial for the non-manufacturing sector in the aggregate. Um, as Brad said, long term without the pricing power uh, doesn't bode well. However, if things uh, improve, as uh, you know, on the job front and some other areas and uh, confidence comes back and pricing power with it, the whole uh, spend arena changes. Um, I think uh, for the long term we'd like to see some uh, increase across the board there. Do you uh, feel with the third quarter coming up, typically this summer with vacations and so on, that uh, this is going to have a uh, perhaps a bit of a negative or a downturn in uh, attitudes about the rest of the year? 
Let me just start uh, by saying that if you if you read through the entirety of this uh, forecast update, uh, it's positive for the year. And on the manufacturing side, we've been sort of borderline right around 50. So mm -hmm. the rest of the year, uh, according to our panel, is, is going to look not robust, mm -hmm. um, but, but solid uh, at a low level of growth. Good news. Yeah, that's right. One of the things that we talk about as we go through uh, reports with you, Brad, is capacity utilization. What's happening out there in both manufacturing and Tony for you, non-manufacturing, but maybe Brad first, in terms of the operating rate of, of uh, manufacturing? Yes, uh, on the manufacturing side, uh, we um, our, our April forecast uh, right now that we're releasing call, uh, says 81.7 percent. That's uh, the current level. Uh, so it's uh, it's at a fairly strong level, but nevertheless, we generally on the manufacturing side say that 85 percent is really the the goal. Uh, if you're operating above that, it's possibly too tight that mm -hmm. you're not allowing for planned and unplanned maintenance. So we kind of always look at 85 as uh, as uh, kind of that line in the sand. The fact that we're below that now at 81.7% uh, says that manufacturing has room to grow, room to take more product. So uh, what I would say is, is bring it on, uh, <laughs> you know, go buy something and uh, <laughs> right. we have we have room to operate that's not much different at all from the previous forecast of 81.6 percent uh, and it's uh, a couple of points uh, above the April uh, 15th uh, number of 79.5 percent okay and Tony on the non-manufacturing side well, as I mentioned previously uh, two components one the uh, labor employment factor is uh, very strong in regards to uh, operating rate because it's such a labor-intensive uh, sector mm -hmm. uh, more so than relying on plant equipment and then you look at the fact that since the recession when these particular companies went through their transformation and their skills assessment and everything else and I also mentioned about doing more with less. There's been somewhat of a strain in, in various uh, uh, industries of, of non-manufacturing. You look at the operating rate, and it reflects that. If you go back to April of 2015, the operating rate was at 86%. And then in December, it was 87.9%. Uh, so as Brad mentioned, with the threshold around 85%. And now we're coming in at a very strong 86.5%, off a little bit from... Uh, December, but still 86.5 percent. Uh, that's a very strong, strong operating rate for the mm -hmm. manufacturing sector. Yeah, clearly is. Clearly is. Brad, what else uh, in this update is important for our listeners to hear? Let, let's also talk about manufacturing production capacity. Some of okay. the basic parameters that our manufacturing friends uh, always follow. Uh, on the manufacturing side, we expect that production capacity is expected to increase 3% in 2016, and that's up slightly from 2.8%, which was the original forecast, and above the 1.9% uh, reported uh, as an increase in 2015. So uh, manufacturing uh, capacity, and you can almost say efficiency is as well in there. Uh, continues to, to move upward. 
through the application of technology, uh, through the application of other efficiencies, becoming more and more uh, utilizing the technology and tools available uh, and maintaining a steady workflow, as we mentioned earlier, at the same time. And if you want to learn how to utilize the tools that are available, you should have been at this conference because it's just loaded with that information. You're that exactly right. Tony, how about the production capacity for non-manufacturers? Well, production capacity uh, was reported in December at 1.5%, and the respondents felt that would increase uh, for 2016 uh, to 2.0%. That's what they told us in December. And as we see, what they came in in April was 1.4%, which is slightly off what the reported results were for December uh, in 2015. So I think it's just in sync. It's in line. It may have been a little bit more uh, uh, projection confidence in regards to looking at it back in December. But uh, to where uh, this goes hand in hand with what we're seeing with the operating rate and what the capacity levels uh, have just a nominal increase. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Great. Well, I'd like to talk about the uh, industries that are forecasting revenue growth in 2016. Oh, great. And, as, great. I, and as I go through this list, the, the first one, and by the way, there are 14 of our 18 industries predicting uh, growth in 2016. And when I read the first one, they're reporting the most growth okay. relative to the last one that I mentioned. So our audience will listen for the industry that they're in or care about or perhaps ones that their suppliers are in. This could be a meaningful list. Uh, there are many other lists in the full report which are accessible on our on our website. Okay. And I'd invite everyone to, to look at the website, um, the Institute for Supply Management.org. Uh, lots of lists with respect to all of these parameters that we've been discussing and an opportunity to review all the numbers. I know we've talked about a lot of numbers and sometimes that gets a little confusing, but it is a resource for everyone going forward. So to the list of uh, manufacturing industries that are reporting growth for 2016, I should say forecasting growth, number one, Fabricated metal products. <laughs> and number two, furniture and related products. So that also addresses the uh, construction and housing industry and, mm -hmm. and the uh, predicted status of that. Number third is non-metallic uh, mineral products, followed by printing and related support activities, miscellaneous manufacturing, uh, which has a lot of different uh, industries incorporated in it and is fairly large as a composite. Right. Transportation equipment is next, about the middle of our list, which includes not just autos, but airplanes and railroad cars as well, followed by plastic and rubber products, then chemical products, which is a very large industry, reporting growth for next year. Right food, beverage, and tobacco uh, products, um, wood products, uh, followed by primary metals, okay. uh, textile mills. Um, the last two on the list is first computer and electronic products, 
which happens to be the largest industry that we follow on the manufacturing side. So they're reporting at least a little bit of growth for next year. Uh, and then finally on the list, electrical equipment, appliances, and components, which covers a lot of ground. Okay. Well, Tony, I'm going to be interested in your list because we don't get to spend as much time with you talking about non-manufacturing and perhaps going forward we should spend a little bit more because it does dovetail into manufacturing. What's your list look like for us? That's, that's a great point. We have 13 of 18 industries forecasting revenue growth in 2016. And keep in mind, many of these industries and the companies uh, that comprise these industries are customers or suppliers to the manufacturing sector. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, mineral-related activity going on there. Right. So, um, and leading off at the top is management of companies and support services, followed by information. Uh, next is a key key component for this uh, for the sector: wholesale trade. Uh, uh, you know, they, they comprise everything is related to the distribution channel for these uh, disparate locations. Then we have construction. Uh, which also bodes well for you know housing market and whatnot, but most of this is uh, actually isolated to renovation and rehabilitation type work versus oh, okay. new housing starts. Uh, real estate rental and leasing, uh, big rental leasing component there, uh, coupled with um, uh, you know the real estate itself, it's now become a seller's market depending on what area of the country you're in. Um, then we have arts, entertainment, and recreation which talks a little bit or speaks towards uh, what you were saying about vacation time uh, coming up. And then we have accommodation and food services, which also, you know, that whole travel, tourism, hospitality industry is contingent upon what consumers are doing, how they're uh, using their discretionary spend, right. uh, coupled with uh, group and, uh, and business type of spend. Public administration, uh, which is government, I have to give a big shout out to healthcare and social assistance making the list this year. Helps me personally. Then <laughs> we have the retail trade, uh, which you know has been soft a little bit lately. We've seen the uh, articles on uh, uh, Macy's and other companies that have had uh, experience that uh, you know what was what was reported in Market Watch and the uh, Wall Street Journal recently about the softening of that uh, retail markets due to online and just no spend at all, but right. we'll see how that'll bounce back. Uh, agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting. Uh, professional scientific and technical services and utilities, round out the 13. There were five industries that uh, were not forecasting revenue growth uh, for uh, 2016. Okay, okay. So Brad, where to from here? Good. With that, um, I hope everyone's gotten a sense for where we've been in 2015, where we're going for the balance of the year and year in total on both sides, manufacturing and non-manufacturing. Um, I think it's sort of up from here from a slow start, at least on the manufacturing side. I don't see anything right now that will get in the way of, of continued growth. Uh, and with that, what I'd like to do is just kind of re-summarize the points. Sure, great. Uh, turn it back to Tony, and then we'll give you a final comment. Great, terrific. So again, on manufacturing, what we've talked about is the operating rate is currently at 81.7% opportunity for, for growth and more output. We're ready. Uh, production capacity is expected to increase 3% this year. Uh, capital expenditures are expected to increase 1%. 
prices uh, paid decreased 1.1% through the end of April. So the first four months, and we didn't talk about that, actually continued to decrease, but it's expected to increase another 1.7% leading to a positive increase of 0.6% uh, for the year, very similar to the December forecast. It just got started out slow, as we've said several times. And then manufacturing employment is expected to remain unchanged on average through the rest of the year. Revenues are expected to increase 2.8%, and overall manufacturing is expected to exhibit a positive growth trend in 2016. Great to hear. Great to hear. <laughs> Tony, what's non-manufacturing going to do for us? Oh, non-manufacturing, we see the operating operating rate is currently 86.5% normal capacity. The production capacity is expected to increase 1.4% in 2016. As we talked about, capital expenditures is going to increase a robust 6.2%. And prices paid will increase 0.3% through the end of April 2016. Prices were reported to increase 0.3% in the final four months of the year, and they're expected to increase 0.6% for the balance of the year for a net increase of 0.9%. Non-manufacturing employment is expected to increase 0.7%. We'd like to see that be more robust. However, uh, you know, it's still in the positive at 0.7%. It's better than, than a decrease. Non-manufacturing revenues are expected to increase 2.4% for this year, and the non-manufacturing non sector is projected to have continued growth. It's been a very steady, sustainable growth. We've had some spikes uh, you know, up across the board uh, for a few months here and there, but most part it's been this very sustainable level, uh, very close to what we see the 12-month running average to be. Good. Great. So overall, between uh, the two sectors, we cover the whole uh, GNP of, of the country with mm -hmm. manufacturing and non-manufacturing, 18 different industries on both sides. Uh, what we can say is that expectations for the remainder of 2016 continue to be positive in both manufacturing and non-manufacturing sectors. Uh, thanks very much, as always, for the opportunity to talk with you and talk with your audiences. And we'll talk with you again soon. We appreciate you being on the show. We appreciate you uh, having us at the conference again. We've enjoyed the ISM every year. Next year's in Orlando. So that's uh, something for folks to look forward to. I think we're already booked. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. <laughs> um, Lou, anything else you want to ask uh, Brad or Tony before we let them uh, get back to where they were headed? No, actually, uh, you know, my concern from being on the manufacturing side, my concern, which I voiced uh, a short while ago about the summer months coming, which you know, a lot of people are on vacation and there is a tendency to be some consolidation of business, but uh, I think you've uh, substantiated uh, uh, the opinions of the manufacturers that in spite of that, that, that things are going to continue to grow. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up again because uh, it's an opportunity to remind uh, ourselves and everyone that we seasonalize in January the whole year with respect to, to several of the major components so that every month looks like every other month from that standpoint. We right. take out the summer vacations, the holidays, 
the snowstorms, etc., <laughs> on average. So while that may be true in, in reality, mm -hmm. it, it's taken out from that statistical perspective. So it's up from here yeah. and steady as she goes. We've been speaking with Brad Holcomb, committee chair of the report on business from the ISM, and Tony Evans, who is the committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business. Gentlemen, thank you for being with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you again. We'll see you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.